0: Hey now, now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new, a long-awaited edition of Over the Line. We are finally back and so glad to be here. It has been a, what seems like a very, very long time and very excited to be back in the saddle because it's been a minute, absolutely been a minute, lots going on. Um, as you know, I was out last week. No shows, no nothing, no no Friday Night Live or anything like that. And most of that was due to the passing of my mammal, who some of you probably know. Um, there have been times I've called her on the show. We've talked before, and she was very. Uh, we were very close to her. She was very instrumental. In my life and growing up I mean she was for the first you know 15 years of my life she was my next door neighbor so you can imagine um, the relationship that I had with my mammal. and she has left this earth we were actually there with her as she took her last breath which was an experience in itself Uh, but we we miss her tremendously and and due to COVID reasons and kind of, a, I guess, a COVID outbreak in my family, uh, we've had to postpone the the funeral, and we're not sure when that's going to happen, but hopefully it will be uh, happening very soon and we can give her a proper send-off. But I want to take that and tie, tie that into what happened Saturday night. And those of you that follow me on social media, you know me and my family attended the Donald Trump rally in Coleman, Alabama. We have some amazing friends that are part of the uh, uh, inner circle, if you will, of, of the, the Trump realm of the, just in, in government in general, in the White House. A uh, friend of our Secret Service agent who was working the event decided to put us on the list for Secret Service friends and family. And because of that, we were allowed to uh, sit on the bleachers that were beside the stage, which was number one, by the way. And if you saw the crowds, if you've watched or seen the pictures, you know that for those that weren't sitting on bleachers or even just sitting in general, you had to be a trooper to be out there and, and be a part of that rally. But people didn't care because they were so excited to see Donald Trump Live and in person, give yet another fiery speech, and it was nothing short of an amazing experience. and And I can't help but think that with my my mamma passing just a few days earlier, that she she had a, a huge hand from heaven in making sure we could experience that. Because it's something I, I I battled with. I really. I'd wanted to go to a Trump rally for a long time, and especially after the election, I was like, well, it doesn't look like we're going to get to go to one. And then here we are, one of the most patriotic, exciting experiences of of my life. It was a feeling like the, the patriotism made the, the hair on your arm stand up. Everybody's talking to each other like they've known each other for years everybody's happy, everybody's having a good time, fights aren't breaking out, people aren't crying and being victims and everything else. It was just, it was absolutely amazing. Trish put a little video together before the start of this episode of kind of the, the, the Trump rally from our point of view, from our experience, and I wanted to play that for you guys. It's um, it's a little lengthy, it's like 10 minutes, but hey, we wanted you to get the full picture of, of what we went through. We... <laughs> We had an absolute amazing time. Check this out. the crowd the line absolutely crazy amount of people at this thing and again absolute troopers standing out in the rain yeah this is um this is this is pretty special because you know how hard is it to get seats like this right by the stage and, and we got so, a backrest yeah we're incredibly great for, like, I lost the I mean, it's no been one. lightning out here. People stood in line through two storms. Yeah, when people were actually risking their lives to get in here? And here, Trump, and let's, let's be honest, Trump's not giving a, a diverse speech every time he makes a stop, but we still are willing to risk it all to get out here and uh, see this. I I want to give props to everybody that isn't sitting in the bleachers like us. All these people, you want to talk about troopers, special law. a little shameless promotion there i was holding up the over the line And I cannot say enough about Mike Lindell and how much the crowd absolutely love this guy. They went nuts over Mike Lindell, who's doing God's work with everything he's putting on the line, his company and everything else. Scott Beeson is my hero. Now watch Scott my face. Scott and is my hero!
1: Scott Beeson, though, he's my hero. Oh, my USA, God. You States of America. Was all over the place, and in a short period of time, we killed its leader and founder, Al Baghdadi. We eliminated the senior ranks of Al Qaeda. But I recommend, recommend taking the vaccines. I did it in school, taking the vaccines. But you got uh, that's okay. That's right. You got your freedoms. But I had to take a vaccine. If it doesn't work, You'll be, we'll the be the first to okay. know. <laughs> I'll call up Alabama and say, "Hey, you know
0: what? But it is worth
1: it." Thank you, everybody. Thank you. I love you too. Uh, I love my crowd. I want to tell you, this crowd goes so far back. See the cameras? We shouldn't give you that. Because all they do is they block the view and they don't say the truth anyway. This crowd, she witnesses, goes hundreds of yards behind those cameras. Look at that. Hey! Tommy is not losing time. I said, you know, Tommy, you... uh, But But we we do, and we are not going to let let anybody anybody take 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 that love away. We know that there is no mountain mountain we cannot climb, there There is no no summit we cannot reach, and there is no challenge we cannot meet. We are Americans, and the future belongs to us. We are going to have a great future. We are going to turn this mess around. This is a horrible thing that's happening to our country. We're left at all over the world. We're not going to be left at anymore. This is a horrible, horrible thing, and it's going to go on for a while, but we've got to end it. We cannot let this happen. They're destroying our country. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield. We will never give in. We will never give up. We will never back down. We will never, ever surrender. In fact, our fight has only just begun.
0: Again, an amazing, amazing experience. Something I, I've, I've never experienced before. Totally recommend. Five stars, 10 out of 10. Go to a Trump rally. You are among your people. The one thing, and you can go see more pictures, more photos and videos on my uh, Facebook page. I think it's on the Over the Line page as well. Go check that out. Um, it, it was it was America. It was the America that, that we know and love that seems to be gone at this point, but an America that we will, in fact, get back. We will get that America back. Make sure you're adding us on all the platforms. We've got one big thing as far as our live streams go, and that is Friday Night Live will only be broadcast on Twitch this Friday. And that is because Facebook has placed a thirty-day, uh, thirty-day ban on us going live, so we cannot go live on Facebook for thirty days, because I posted a picture of a Taliban fighter eating ice cream, and I just said, "Here's a Taliban fighter paying homage to his, uh, you know, his his uh, number one supporter and uh, his hero, Joe Biden." <laughs> So I got suspended straight up for 24 hours in a 30-day ban on going live. So now we're, we're just, here's what's happening. We're running out of places to stream from. But this is a good opportunity for you guys to get over to the Twitch channel and make sure you're adding us on there. Because once we start getting people on Twitch, we're going to start doing these shows live. We may only do three a week, but we're going to do this live and can interact with you and it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure at OTL Show go to twitch.tv, and look up OTL Show. That's the name of the channel, and that's where you'll be able to find us. We'll continue to post that stuff on social media on the other platforms so you all know where to find it and all that kind of good stuff. So check that out. Real quick, Vapor Forge out on 280, man. If it weren't for these guys, you wouldn't be watching the show right now, and that's not even an exaggeration. These guys are a big part of everything we do, and if you go support them, you support us. As I always say, They got a new look, done a lot of renovation, and they're just rocking and rolling, man. They got everything you need from Delta 8 to CBD to to vape juice devices, and they know everything about it. I cannot tell you how many people have swapped from cigarettes to vaping just from our show because you guys are reaching out to me. You're like, hey, I went out to Vapor Forge because I'm tired of being a smoker. I'm tired of feeling sick, especially with COVID and everything else. Freaks me out. I want to swap over to vaping. And most of y'all have just jumped headfirst in and started vaping. I'm absolutely proud of you. If you were one of those people, I'm very proud of you for switching to vapes from cigarettes. 4673 Highway 280 East in Birmingham. 205-874-9010. Right there on 280 next to Bailey Brothers. Make sure you go and check those guys out. Also, another way you guys are supporting the show, and that's on Patreon. Several of you guys... Uh, signed up for Patreon, and you, uh, you're you supporting the show that way. Those proceeds, anything you donate through Patreon goes back into the show. You can do it for as low as $5 a month and um, get exclusive behind-the-scenes content that we post only on Patreon. Once you sign up, you commit to a donation. You can cancel anytime. It'll just take that amount out of your bank account each month, whichever one you use, and it'll come straight to us. And uh, we use all that to make sure we keep this bad boy going. So everybody that's part of Patreon, we love you, we love you, we love you, long time. All right, here's what tonight's show about. I had two sides to this, but there's no way I could squeeze it in. I'm not going to have time. Afghanistan. There's basically two topics right now going on in the world, in the news world, should I say. It's Afghanistan and it's COVID. Because you got FDA approval for one of the vaccines today. And we'll try to talk about that tomorrow. Um, but Biden and his his lack of... Or his, his incompetency. His, his loosening grip on reality. And being president. We knew, those of us that pay attention. We knew the decline of Joe Biden would come swiftly. Well... Ladies and gentlemen, here it is, and a lot of Americans are starting to realize he was actually approached by a reporter uh, during one of his press conferences, and they're like, "Hey, there's a new CBS poll out, and it says uh, a record or a majority of Americans no longer have confidence in you in making decisions. Basically, they they think you're losing your marbles." This is how that interaction went. Yeah, fire away. Yes, actually, following up on Andrew's question, because the United States is now negotiating with the Taliban over Air Force access and such, do you now trust them? And then a question on the public response. A new poll out today shows Americans wanted to withdraw from Afghanistan, but they disapprove of the way you've handled it. Poll also found that based in part on what's transpired in the last week, a majority of Americans... And forgive me, I'm just the messenger. Before he he lets Joe Biden know that a majority of Americans now think he's Looney Tunes, he's like, uh, and I apologize, I'm just the messenger. Please don't come after me. Please don't come after me, Daddy.
2: No longer consider you to be competent, focused, or effective in the job. I haven't seen that poll. It's out there um, from CBS this morning. Um,
0: what- <laughs> well, why is he laughing? He, is, he la- is, he, is CBS not not a legitimate news source for the Democrats now? <laughs> CBS, what a joke. What would you say to those Americans who no longer believe that you're to the job?
2: I had a basic decision to make. I either withdraw America from a 20-year war that, depending on whose analysis you accept, cost us $150 million a day for 20 years or $300 million
0: a day for 20 years. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Can y'all do that quick math? Uh, uh, let's let's round down. He said $150 million a year, right? Well, let's round down to 100 million, uh, not a year, a day. Let's round down to, is that what he said? Hold on, hold on.
2: $50 million a day for 20 years or.
0: So let's say it's $100 million a day, okay? That's. 700 million dollars a week that means every week and a half the war is costing us a trillion dollars so that would average about according to joe biden this war has cost us um what is that 35 to 40 trillion dollars a year for 20 years according to joe biden We've spent what is what is three times twenty? That's six. Uh, uh, what is that? Somewhere six hundred, seven hundred trillion dollars we've spent on the war in Afghanistan, according to Joe Biden. That's Joe Biden math for you.
2: Three hundred million dollars a day for twenty years. Who and I, you know, I carry this card to me every day, and who, in fact, uh, where we lost. Two thousand four hundred forty-eight Americans dead. And this this 20, is this
0: is why no. This report. is why those polls are saying what they're saying because Joe Biden is up here and he's making no sense. He's being put. It, it, the Democrats were able to get away thanks to the cover that the media gave them. They were able to get away with keeping Joe out from in front of the cameras. But now that he's president and he's made absolutely awful decisions from day one. All those are catching up to him. And crises are being created. Left and right. Fires all over the place. And the White House is scrambling to put him out without Joe Biden's help. Because Joe Biden is nothing more than a figurehead that's being run, uh, controlled by a group of other people. But they're being forced because they've got to continue this facade that Joe Biden is president. So they're having to put him out in front of the cameras. All right? And because of that... You're seeing exactly why they wouldn't put him in front of the cameras during the campaign. He ain't got it. He's not there, and he's declining severely. You remember the laugh about? You make a funny. Joe Biden doesn't have Alzheimer. He doesn't have early stages of dementia. Well, yeah, he does. But there are a few things that that Joe Biden has, and I think this is a characteristic of him that that he's had for a long time and it is um, being cold, cold cold-hearted. We've documented the times that Joe Biden would get in fights with reporters or fights with average citizens that just had questions. Now, this is supposed to be the president of love and empathy. It's what we were told on the campaign trail by him and everybody else. Get rid of the mean tweets guy. He's too brash. He's too mean. He doesn't have any compassion. And now look what's happening in Afghanistan. That was highlighted in a New York Times article uh, that appeared just a couple days ago. And the headline says Desperation as Afghans seek to flee a country retaken by the Taliban. Now, I want you to listen to this. This is a short little story, this is how the article starts. It says. On Saturday morning, a former interpreter for an American company in Kabul plunged into a mass of humanity outside a gate at the Kabul airport with her family in tow. Even as she was jostled and elbowed by people in the throng, she pushed ahead, desperate to secure a flight out of the country for everyone accompanying her her husband, two year old daughter, her disabled parents, and three sisters and a cousin. Then the crowd surged. The entire family was slammed to the ground. People trampled them where they lay, the woman recalled, just hours later. She remembered someone smashing her cell phone and someone else kicking her in the head. She couldn't breathe. So she tried to tear off her ibia, a robe-like dress. I guess that's how you pronounce it. As she struggled to her feet. She said she searched for her two-year-old toddler. The girl was dead. Trampled by the mob. That's right. Joe Biden's decisions led to a two-year-old being trampled. Not only that, but many others. Trampled, shot, killed, murdered, crucified. Killed by the Taliban. Not to mention the many Afghans clinging to a plane. Falling from the sky, hanging on, being grinded up in the landing gear of planes or frozen to death on the wings of the plane in a desperate attempt to get out of there. And when Joe Biden was asked by George Stephanopoulos about that very thing, what was his response? Do you recall? Do you recall what Joe Biden said when he was asked by ABC, well, what about the the people on the planes.
1: But we've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was
2: four days ago, five days ago.
1: What did you think when you first saw those pictures?
0: That was four days ago. Why are we talking about this? All those people getting killed. It was was four days ago. This is the Joe Biden that's always been there. This is a cold-hearted man even with his dementia and his sad mental state that makes you almost want to feel sorry for the guy, this is who Joe Biden's been his entire political career. No shame. Lying about everything from his college career to his legislation to now lying about his hatred for minorities. That's Joe Biden. You can see that cold-blooded attitude when he was debating and promoting the 94 crime bill. But he was the love and compassion candidate. You see what they were doing. And his team, his team's doing everything they can to to run interference, to try to keep this cold-blooded attitude out of the eye of the public. But everybody sees it. We all see it. We not only see the death and destruction in Afghanistan due directly to Joe Biden's policies, but we see Joe Biden and his administration leaving Americans in Afghanistan with no clear plan to get them out of there. Literally leaving them stranded. And when you bring it up, what's their excuse? Jin was asked by Pierre Ducey about that very thing. They needed
2: to fight or not. He made the decision to equip them with the weapons to fight. And we will continue to take steps to retrograde our materials and equipment. But, uh, does the president have a sense that most of the criticism is
0: not of leaving Afghanistan? It's the way that he has ordered it to happen by pulling the troops before getting these Americans who are now stranded. Does he have a sense of that?
2: First of all, I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. We are committed to bringing Americans who want to come home, home. We are in touch with them via phone, via text, via email, via any way that we can possibly reach Americans to get them home if they want
0: to return home. It's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded? Well, then, what are they? Are they just chilling in Afghanistan? Are they just chilling at the Kabul airport? Because they seem pretty stranded to us. Not to mention... They have no idea how many Americans have been evacuated thus far. They have, they have no idea, uh, allegedly. They, have, they either have no idea how many Americans they've pulled out of Kabul, out of Afghanistan thus far, or they haven't pulled any and they're just making up a, a, a very vague number. Watch this interaction with John Kirby with a press conference at the Pentagon Very telling about where the Biden administration, not just Joe Biden, but where the administration's currently at.
1: How many Americans have been evacuated? I think you gave 2,500 Americans. Has that
0: number changed?
1: Uh, We we think that... uh...
0: Now, I want you, for those of you watching the video, look at this man's face when he's asked that question. Look at that. Right here. What is that face? He's asked the question and he looks shocked. That the press that's supposed to be defending them would put him in such an awkward situation. Such an awkward position to ask him how many Americans, how many of our people have we saved from the s-hole of Kabul and Afghanistan, the crisis that Joe Biden created?
1: 100 Americans, has that number changed? Uh, we, th- we think that, uh, that uh, overall... Uh, we, we've we've been able to evacuate several thousand Americans, uh, and I, I, I'd be reticent to get too more, more, more specific than that. But since the 14th, uh, we believe we have been able to evacuate several thousand Americans. How many Americans have been evacuated? He said,
0: "We believe we believe we've evacuated several thousand Americans." And God bless these reporters for finally doing their job. I mean, I'm not going to give them too much credit because. They've spent a long time not doing their job and doing uh, very detrimental damage to this country. They are still the enemy of the people, so don't get me wrong. I'm not giving these people a pass whatsoever. But another reporter comes back on the other side. I don't know who this guy is, some old guy. Maybe he's from the old school that actually does real reporting, real journalism. And he asks again, he's like, why, why are you being so vague with this number? John,
2: were you being uh, <clears throat> deliberately vague when you uh, said the number of Americans was several thousand, or was it <clears throat> because you're not sure of the number? If, if you need to check the number, I mean, that's, that's the most important number here, the number of Americans. So if it's just a, a matter of checking the number, can you do that and give it to us? Or if you're being deliberately vague, don't tell me why you're being deliberately vague.
1: I think I'm just going to leave it at several thousand right now, Dave.
2: Well, then tell us why.
1: Because I think uh, the number is very fluid, um, and it literally changes nearly by the hour.
2: It's not more fluid than than these 11,000, 37,000. I'm going to leave it at several
1: thousand right now.
0: Wow. He's <laughs> like, now nah, we're just going to leave it where, where I put it. We're going to leave it right there. Several thousand. Man, y'all, y'all guess. Y'all make up the number. We don't care. We don't care how many Americans. Not not just the Americans, but the Afghans who we're bringing over here. New reports showing that several of these Afghan refugees, I guess they are, have been flagged for ties with terrorists. Do you, do you not think the Taliban who is controlling the Kabul airport and now controlling Afghanistan, do you not think? they're uh, picking some people out of their group and saying, hey, go get in that crowd. They're starting to fly people back to America. You don't think that's happening. And you don't think, with the way we're running the show with immigration, that some of those guys won't slip through the cracks? I've told you guys time and time again, since the election, terrorism is back on its way. In this country, Pulse nightclub, San Bernardino, Fort Hood, all these awful, awful, and God forbid a 9-11, these awful events here in America, and it brings me great pain to say this, are about to start popping off again. So, So there's John Kirby at the Pentagon. Really unsure and and really unwilling to give you an answer about how many Americans that they've saved. He says, "I, I, I don't even feel like answering it. But another important point is we don't know how many are left over there. The Wall Street Journal reporting the U.S. struggles to count its citizens in Afghanistan as Biden weighs a withdrawal delay. Struggles to count. Struggles to count means they have no idea how many people are over there. They have no clue. You can look down, go down this article. The State Department doesn't know exactly how many Americans are left on the ground. Why is that? You don't know how many you've brought over here and you don't know how many are in Afghanistan. Our people are going to be murdered in very, very large numbers. And the Biden administration doesn't seem to be bothered about it in the slightest. They just laugh at you when you dare criticize what they're doing. It's amazing to me, though, that they don't have a plan. Because the Biden administration had 25,000 troops sitting in parking garages in Washington, D.C. for weeks to maximize the politics of of January 6th, but couldn't keep a fraction of that in Afghanistan to help evacuate our friends and our allies or secure the $100 billion in U.S. taxpayer money in military equipment that's now in the hands of the Taliban. They did an awfully fantastic job of making sure they were putting up fences around the White House. The optics of that were great. America under siege by white people that support Trump. So we've got to put up fencing around the White House and we've got to have National Guard troops sleeping in parking garages. All because of you white supremacists. This is an utter disaster. And Joe Biden's answer to this is, we don't know what we're really going to do yet. We don't know. I mean, we could, we could, we could stay, withdrawal, We could maybe send some guys back and then withdraw a little later and just move the date. But we don't really know. And just to forewarn you, a lot more could go wrong. You think it's bad now. Joe Biden actually said, hey, we got a long ways to go, and this is probably going to get a lot worse.
2: Altogether, we lifted approximately 11,000 people out of Kabul in less than 36 hours. It's an incredible operation. Let me be clear the evacuation of thousands of people from Kabul is going to be hard and painful no matter when it started, when we began would have been true if we had started a month ago or a month from now. There is no way to evacuate this many people without pain and loss of heartbreaking images you see on television. It's just a fact. My heart aches for those thing, those people you see. We are proving that we can move those thousands of people a day out of Kabul. We're bringing our citizens, NATO allies, Afghanis who in help have helped us in the war effort, But we have a long way to go, and a lot could still go wrong. But to move out 30,000 people in just over a week, that's a great testament to the men and women on the ground in Kabul and armed services.
0: A lot more could still go wrong. A lot more. And it will. It will. As long as this man is calling the shots, a lot more will go wrong. And let me rephrase that. Because Joe Biden's not even calling the shots. The Taliban is calling the shots at this point. That is this is the most humiliating moment for this country that I've seen in my lifetime. It's not an exaggeration. It's not because Democrats well, I mean it is because Democrats are in power. It's not petty politics. Our country is absolutely embarrassed right now. We're being humiliated by our leader. Boris Johnson calling Joe Biden an imbecile. All the people, remember Joe Biden bragging about being at the G7? And they were like, he, he says, yeah, all the other leaders are coming up to me. And they're like, hey, is America back? Is America back? And I'm like, yeah, we're back. And they're all hugging and happy. Well, now they're all calling us idiots. They're calling our president an idiot because of this. We're not just putting Afghans in harm. We're not just putting our guys in harm. We're putting the people, our allies, the the guys and girls of our allies, putting them in harm's way. And the blood is going to be on Joe Biden's hands. From the two-year-old girl that got trampled, to the people falling off the airplane, to any of the troops of us or any of our allies that are lost. The blood is on Joe Biden's hands. And all the while, the Taliban's running around. Doing press releases, doing interviews, and saying, "Here's the deal. Well, I don't know who this Joe Biden guy is, but uh, we're calling the shots now." Here, here's one from Sky News. One of the one of the Taliban leaders. I don't know if it's a spokesperson or what. Watch, watch a what's part of this interview. This is absolutely fascinating.
2: If the U.S. or the U.K. wanted to extend the 31st of August deadline in order to Continue evacuations out of the
1: country. Would you agree to that? No, no, why not?
2: This is is something uh, you can say it's a red line. President Biden um, announced uh, this agreement that until uh, 31st of August they would withdraw all their military forces. Uh, So if they extend it, that means they are extending occupation While uh, there is no need uh, for for that, I think it will deteriorate the relation that will uh, create mistrust between us. If they uh, are intent on continuing the occupation, so it will um, uh, provoke a reaction.
1: Let's talk about
2: the...
0: If we intend on continuing our occupation, as this Taliban spokesperson calls it, then it will provoke a reaction. A.K.A. we will go to war with you, the U.S. And what does that mean? That means attacks on the homeland, and it means our men and women in uniform back over there just as they were before Joe Biden pulled them out. We could have done this. We all wanted to be out of Afghanistan. But you had to do it the right way. You were never going to be able to get every single boot off the ground. But Joe Biden and the Biden administration were more concerned about the optics. They were. This was all a big plan to set this up where Joe Biden was going to pull them out. But they're so oblivious and can't think two steps ahead that they've allowed this crisis to be created. And this crisis is so big, we forgot about all our other crises. We forgot about our food manufacturers being being hacked or our southern border being wide open where members of the Taliban and ISIS and other terrorist organizations are going to be coming up through there. Gas prices going through the roof as Biden shuts down our pipelines and opens up pipelines for Russia. Hunter Biden losing another laptop with God knows what kind of sensitive material on it. We got so many fires, we can't even start to put them out. That's where we're at. In Afghanistan, if we would have pulled the majority of our guys out and kept a reasonable amount of people over there to make sure the Taliban didn't get back together, we'd have been all right. But Joe Biden told them weeks and weeks in advance hey, we're going to get out of here. Just so y'all know, this is the day. Y'all get ready. So the Taliban started ramping up. Trump was going to do it the right way. Trump was going to pull the guys out, leave who we needed over there, and he told him, he set him down at the table, and he said, here's the deal. If one single hair on the head of an American is harmed, the full force of the United States military will rain down on you and you'll be hit like nobody's ever been hit before. We will blow you off the map. You get one chance, and if you blow it, you're gone. Evaporated. The Taliban, oh, y'all saw, you saw. That's enough incentive for them to not do anything. Why? Because they know that we can, with a push of a button, blow them off the map. So why are they doing it now? Because they know Joe Biden will never push that button. They know they can do whatever they want to do while this guy is president. So why didn't Trump do it? Why didn't he pull the trigger and and pull our guys out and do it the right way? Well, because the Democrats teamed up with the media, the New York Times in particular, to put out a fake, false, fake news story That Russians were putting bounties on the heads of our troops. Keeping Donald Trump from pulling out our guys in Afghanistan. They used it as a campaign tactic to smear the president and then put him in a position to where he couldn't do it. Even guys on the inside in the intelligence community saying, yeah, this might be a thing, even though they knew it wasn't. They were delaying the troops being pulled out so Joe Biden could get into office and could do it himself. Now you see how that's worked out. This has been the absolute worst week thus far for the Biden administration, bar none. But the scary part is, it's only going to get worse from here. That's it for this edition of Over the Line. Thank you all. So much for your support. I know we've got new viewers and new listeners that we met at the Trump rally. Thank you for checking the show out. Y'all help us spread the word. You got friends, family, whatever. Hook them up. Tell them where to watch the show. Tell them where to listen to the show. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, almost anywhere you can get podcasts on the audio side. And then on Rumble, we got the videos on the YouTube channel, OTL Burner Accounts. For now, that's what it's called. As long as they don't ban us there. And last but not least, OTL Show on Twitch. Make sure you check that out because that's where you're going to get our live streams at. Until next time, see you, cuz!